Hi, I'm Ian Donaldson from H2O, and you're watching Chana 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 Podcast. <clears throat> Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of my podcast. We have a very special guest today joining all the way from Glasgow, Scotland. We have Mr. Ian Donaldson joining the podcast. Hi Ian. Good morning, China. How are you? I'm good. How is your How is your morning? So far, so good. It's, it's a nice, bright, sunny morning here in Glasgow, which is unusual for this time of year. So it's nice. Right. So I hope you had your coffee or tea. Do you drink tea or coffee? Or the tea. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, so Ian, how is this? How is like the mood right now? You know, with the passing of the Queen and all that. It, yeah, it's really somber. It is. I mean, I live in Scotland, and the Queen, she obviously lived in England. Some people in Scotland are, are, don't really feel too much about the monarchy, but I think I don't. I don't look at life that way. I mean, the, the English are our neighbours, and they've been great neighbours all these hundreds of years. Mm. Um, so it's kind of mixed up here a little bit. Um, but I thought the Queen was an amazing, amazing woman. Uh, and she deserves all the respect that she gets from everybody. I mean, it's 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 kind of sad as well. Um, yeah, it's sad, but you know, it's that's life as well, isn't it? I mean, I don't want to sound harsh, but you know, when mums and dads pass on, it is always a hard thing to deal with, no matter who you are. Um, it just right. seems to be that the royal family are on TV and it's happening to them. So it's kind of it's a lot of pressure for them as well, I suppose. But that's life, you know. It's it's definitely uh, sort of an end of an era, right? Because she she been like a almost a century. She's she was there, right? Like you're right. I mean, I mean, ninety six. and she was on the throne for seventy years. Um, it's difficult to see how it goes. It, life goes on. I understand that. And we now we've got King Charles. Um, well, uh, whether he'll be the same kind of person as his mum remains to be seen. The one good thing about him is that. He cares about the planet. So I know he's, he's, his powers are kind of restricted. It's not like olden days where, you know, he could order the armies forth and you would be banished from the realm and all that kind of stuff. You know, it's not like that. But I hope he does something. You know, I hope he does use his whatever influence he has to can, to help things along as far as the planet's concerned because that's that's the biggest risk we're all facing right now, isn't it? Right. So, so, Ian, you know, the last couple of last two years specifically, specifically was a, you know, very terrible year for musicians, yeah. definitely, right? So, how yeah. is this current situation now? Uh, of course, uh, if you put aside the Queen's passing, how is the live entertainment and music scene in Scotland nowadays? It's picking up now. It really is. It, there's uh, there's loads of bands and loads of acts touring again. Um, but there's, I think that some people have bought tickets for two or three different events over the last couple of years. And then they find that they're double booked because the one they bought two years ago has been rescheduled for now. And one of their other favourites has popped up at the same time. So the people are trying to make decisions about what they go to see. But there's new music coming out from people and there's a lot going on again. It feels it feels optimistic one more time. I mean, because we all need music. Um, that's part of our therapy, I think, for being alive, isn't it? So it's it's good. It is good. Yeah, I, I actually believe like music and art is like the purpose of life, right? Like, you know, otherwise, why do you live? Exactly. That and we're here to help each other. That's the bottom line. You know, regardless of what religion, what colour your skin is, doesn't matter. We're here to help each other and share and share. Exactly. And music, you know what it's like for all of us. I mean, no matter what mood you're in or, or what's happened to you, you can find a song that kind of soothes your soul a little bit or elevates you or takes you to another place where you because you can't deal with reality that day. It's just it's magic. It's magic. Right. So Ian, how 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 did you uh, handle the last two years? How did it personally affected you? Um <clears throat> I think first of all, like everyone else, you know, nobody could really believe that the world was in lockdown. I mean like you know, you couldn't go out of the house, you couldn't go and meet your friends. Um, one of the things I did, on, on the, the day that we went into lockdown in the UK, I opened my window and it was the, the 
it was a particularly beautiful spring. I don't know why it was that year. Maybe the the the, the world was, you know, take it catching its breath. You know, it wasn't being abused as much that day. But and I put Kate Bush on, and I just opened the window and just kind of listened to her and. I was aware of the kind of silence outside because no cars were running, there was nobody in the streets. It was really kind of strange. Um, I took the time just to kind of like recharge my batteries. I really did take my foot off the gas, you know, and be going neutral for a while. Um, and kind of part of me enjoyed it. Part of me was afraid as well because, you know, people were dying in their thousands every day in the UK and there was no cure and there was no antidote. Um, so it was kind of frightening at the same time, but. I think being a musician, maybe you kind of look at things slightly differently. You know, you're kind of looking for, you know, is this any use? Is there any value in this? Can this be something more? Can it be used for another purpose instead of, you know, just being afraid? Um, and I think a lot of musicians did exactly the same thing. And, you know, a lot of people wrote that album that they hadn't written before because they had time in their hands or, and because of what we're doing just now, you know, like shared ideas and, and wrote songs and, collaborated with people and so I th I'm expecting a lot of really interesting kind of heartfelt music coming out um so that's how I kind of dealt with it and just you know it stayed with my friends and if I could uh, and uh, kept in contact but also you know drew it drew families closer together as well because you had nowhere else to go so you start to realize that yeah you know we've got that in common me and my wife you know like oh we like that well, I never knew that about you. It was a little bit like that as well, you know, so it was a, a kind of time to reconnect as well. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I have the same experience, right? Like, you know, when the lockdown happened, everything is shut down. There was no shows to go to because no. it, it, you, you, you kind of got used to a certain lifestyle, certain way of, you know, doing it. And then suddenly everything stopped. But what, what yeah. I realized is this last two years really showed me what is really important. Yeah. Like, you know, what I should really be appreciating. And now when I go to a live show, I really appreciate the musicians more than I used to because Before. I know how much trouble, struggles they go through to, to do that, right? So it's it's, where yeah. it's really... Uh, uh, by the way, I think we, we actually have some uh, set of common friends from Scotland. So... <laughs> yeah so i i know you're friends with uh george porter andy yes. is the guys who does the simple mind the minds tribute stuff right yes i don't i know them well yeah george is a good friend of mine i was i spoke to him yesterday yeah he's a good boy yeah because they 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 actually appeared on my show as well so i talked to both of them uh, oh. on, about their band ah i didn't know that yeah he didn't tell me that George, wherever you are, you never <laughs> mentioned that. <laughs> He's a good boy. His, ba his band are terrific as well. Right. And then they have this, I, I don't know, such loyalty for Simple Minds that I'm so fascinated with it. You know, it, it, the way George feels about the Simple Minds is the way I feel about David Bowie. It's just it's, that's his band. I mean, he loves a lot of other music. We do, do talk about other things, but he really loves the Simple Minds. You're right. Right. So, so Ian, before we talk about, you know, the your band and touring and all that, uh, tell me a little yeah. bit about your childhood and what's your earliest uh, memory of music? Um, I was brought up in a place called Govan, which is in Glasgow. And at that particular time, it was a really kind of tough, tough area. Um, my, my earliest recollections of music is, is probably... My mum playing Jim Reeves, who's, a, who's an old country singer, um, on the radiogram, which was like a big record player. You don't really get them anymore, but um, she used to play that. That was before I, I kind of decided that maybe I'd want to listen to the music I wanted to hear, even at a young age. And I remember the first record I bought was Sugar, Sugar by the Archies. Remember? Right. Sugar, do, 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 and then I remember Motown, Tamla Motown was kind of, this would be the late 60s when I was maybe just about seven or eight. I remember kind of Tamla Motown being in the, in the radio as well. Um, that would be, yeah, that would be about that, about that time. Um, and 
I was brought up in a tenement in Glasgow, so people were always having parties. So on every Saturday night, somebody's record player would be up at full volume, and you would hear, uh, you would hear Saturday night in the movies, and you would hear, uh, uh, who else? The Beatles, uh, the Rolling Stones. And Tom Jones was a favourite where I lived. Um, so that I remember Tom Jones singing the Green Green Grass at home every Saturday right. night when I was a kid. Um, that was my kind of earliest recollections. But music, I think, doesn't really affect you until you get to about twelve. I think when you go when you start to go to high school, and then there's so many other things begin to happen to you. But you 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 want to be a part of a particular tribe. And when I was twelve, it was glam rock that happened. So it was like David Bowie, T-Rex, all that kind of thing. So that they're my fondest memories. Uh, glam rocks my fondest, fond, uh, fondest memories. Right. I mean, talking about David Bowie, it's so oh. amazing how the music is still relevant, right? They'll, they'll never, you know, there'll never be another one because it's impossible because rock and roll was young when he did it and the sounds he made hadn't been created before and what he said hadn't been said before. It's, it's difficult to find something new to say. You know, if you manage to find something, you're doing really well nowadays. But you're right. I mean, when you look, I also like science fiction. And, you know, his, he's name-checked in, you know, movies and series on TV. And it just makes complete sense to me because uh, it is. And everybody's got their own David Bowie, haven't they? Because depending on what age you discovered them at, you've got, you know, you've got a hunky-dory Bowie or you've got a rebel-rebel Bowie or you've got... Let's dance, or, and it goes on and on and on. And you've got this huge community worldwide that are still love his music and miss him. Um, it's really bizarre, you know. I I really was heartbroken when he died that you know that day, and, and I still feel it a little bit. I don't I don't mind saying that, mm. um, and I still reference him in my lyrics, you know, just kind of secretly for for me. I've got a new song called "A Rocket Ship Called Love," and it's basically two characters. It's a bit like. You know the song Cooks from Hunky Dory? Will right. you stay a lover's story? It's a, it's a bit like that. Um, and I'll always, I'll always kind of reference in, in my music. But when you think about the 80s, which were tr are tremendously big in, in the Philippines, um, all those singers, Heaven 17, you know, Phil Oakey, all those people have all listened to David Bowie. You can hear it. It's stamped all over the music. And there's a whole new generation also picking up on them. So... Um, uh, I'd like to ask you, so how do you feel about David Bowie? Is that one of your favourites or you, something else you like? Yeah, so for me, actually, I, I discovered him very late. Uh, I discovered him through the song. Remember, uh, the Wallflowers did a cover of the Heroes uh, song oh, yeah. from that. Yeah, and I then, I, then I went and find who is the original singer. That That's when I discovered David Bowie. And then I, okay. I, I, I kind of started collecting, you know, stuff because... I see him as not just as a musician, but he's more of a sort of an icon because he he has a lot of influences to the movies, to fashion, lifestyle itself. He's, he's like, you know, counterculture. He's like one of those Andy Warhol and all those other, yeah. you know, he's he's really, really part, of, part of that. Right. So so I have yeah. that sort of idea. And, and I think one more person that I would really would put with David Bowie is Prince. Prince oh, yeah. was right. They were like kind of, kind of the same, right? <laughs> Again, unique. I'm just an an amazing musician. Amazing songs. Yeah, totally unique. And they're both gone. You know how about that? They're both gone, but they've left us amazing music. Yeah, I, I I think I think they I I felt actually when when Prince passed away, it really hits hit me that because I I. I won't be able to see that person, you know, live, yeah. which is a, which is, you know, terrible thing. But I think it's in a way that these, these people came here and, you know, they gave up, gave something to us inspiration. And then I think that's the, that's their purpose. Right. So they, they're just gone, you know, you know what, I, I think that that's absolutely correct. I think that you're right. It's, it gives, they left us forward motion, didn't they? They just left us a way to live life and apply what we learned from them. And, you know, a lot of highbrow musicians, maybe classical musicians, probably look down upon people like David Bowie and Prince. 
But I think they're missing the point. I think you're right. I think they're missing the point of life. You know, that was, they were essential. You know, that's strange. You know, there's, I saw something on, on Facebook a little while ago and it says, you know, when you're feeling really down, just realise how lucky you are. If the world yeah. is 13 and a half, you know, the one 13 and a half billion years old, you got you got to live at the same time as David Bowie and Prince as well. There's a lot to be said for that, you know. My yeah. my daughter, my daughter, she's only she's only twenty, um, and twenty one, sorry, and uh, she loves David Bowie and she loves the Clash and she loves T Rex, and she's actually got uh, the the lightning flash tattooed on her back. <laughs> she's got the Rolling Stones lips on on her on her, uh, her on her leg, and she's got Amy Winehouse up here as well. And right. she actually she says from time to time. I would gladly swap places with you. I'd, I'd, rather, I'd be happy to be your age if I could have seen all the things that you've seen, like seeing the clash and the jam and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, there's a lot to be said for that as well, isn't there? You know, it's yeah. we're, we're looking back to get inspiration. You know, it's it's great, but it's kind of sad in the same way. You know, has pop music maybe kind of not run its course, but is it running out of ideas? You know, is it running out of, I'm talking about motivational ideas, real solid things that, that make you want to do something else. Um, has it become a career now for a lot of people? You know, is it just a way of making a living? You know, people live and die for their songs. It's, it's kind of strange times we're living in, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> so, so Ian, discovering David Bowie and glam rock, when did you like get the idea that you want to pursue music yourself? Well, um, well, I was watching. There was a, there used to be a show on here called Top of the Pops. It yeah. was on every Thursday. Remember? And uh, I remember when David Bowie was on doing Starman, and it was 1972. And I was sitting in front of the television, and I'm, I just, you know, I, I was, I was just kind of staring. I'd never seen anything like this before, because um, Glasgow was quite a, a dark place at that time. You know, when David Bowie happened, it was a bit like Technicolor suddenly happened in, in my town. You know, my city. And I remember watching him, and I remember turning around to my mum and saying, I, "I know what I want to leave. I, I know what I want to do when I leave school. What I want to be. I want to be an alien." And that's how that's how the impact of him. Um, and I, I bought, I started buying his records. Even at that age, I would use my pocket money and buy the records. Then I would just put them on as a and listen to them night after night after night, just every word. And that's what started me singing. And unconsciously. I decided already that I wanted to be a singer, but I didn't know that at 12. But by the time I was 14, I was in a band at school. Um, and that's kind of, I've never looked back since then, you know? Right. From So from Ian, from the school band, uh, and then mm -hmm. you, you, you became, you founded uh, H2O. So yeah. tell me that, and how did H2O happen? Uh, well, <clears throat> first of all, just just before, just after I left school, I was in a punk band because punk was had happened, and I was in a band called Screw at the time, um, and that really gave me a taste for it because we we played hundreds of gigs um, and we tried different styles, um, and that kind of really gave me a taste for it. And when the band broke up, uh, I decided I wanted to do something more, um, and I put an advert in a music shop in town here. Um, looking for like-minded musicians that liked T-Rex, David Bowie, Ultravox, those kind of bands. And Alan McGee called me. Alan McGee that went on to discover Oasis and start creation records. I, I hadn't met Alan before, so, so he gave me a call and, and we met. And he was a bass player at the time. Um, and we wrote a whole set of songs. And then we found a guitarist and a drummer. And that's how H2O started. Um, that would be 1978. Um, and our very first gig was um, in a park in the place that I was brought up, Govan, and it was for a, a campaign for nuclear disarmament rally. Um, and so that's the very first time we played. And it's kind of ironic because, you know, here we are 40-odd years later and we're still talking about a campaign for nuclear disarmament. You know, you're still thinking, you know, the world is still under threat, you know, what has really changed. But that's how the music started and... We just kept on going after that. Yeah, I you make a good point. I mean, we we tend to talk about a lot of these causes, but seems like things are not. Sometimes things are not really happening, right? No, it's not. If it, if they are, it's not obvious. You know, it's not obvious to people in the street. You know, just ordinary people. Um, mm -hmm. And it's kind of heartbreaking. You know, it's 
precarious times, Jana. You know, I, I'm not really sure where we're going. You know, I'm not sure what the motivation is for for the very for 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 governments and for people that are in control. I'm not. I'm not sure what it is they really what they want. I'm not sure. I just hope they include people like us. You know, just ordinary people. But I'm not so sure. I I, I really don't know. It's a kind of frightening time, but all the more reason to keep on living and keep on making music and keep on doing things. Right. I I was trying to find out like you know do some research whether the H two O is just water or something else. No, no. It, it, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's a good it's a good point. The reason why the reason why we describe we we we, we settled that we, we, is because it was the first time everybody agreed at the same time on a name. We're trying to find a name, and it was all these mad things coming up. And it was the first time we said H two O. Then we thought. Well, you can't really live without H two O, and also, you know, anybody that's younger that that's that you know is listening to this, or even older nowadays, because we're not always responsible when we get older either. But it was really it, we could spray paint it on walls. You know, it was really quick to do. You you wouldn't get caught by the police. You could go H two O, and then you could run. You know, it wasn't like a big name like you know orchestra right. when you were in the dark before you know before you got to dark you were in the you were you arrest, uh, arrested. So it was like that as well. It was kind of easy. <laughs> so uh, I, I believe. I, I mean, you you have. I I've been listening to. You have one album of H two O on Spotify, uh, right? right? The Faith, Faith album, and then I've been listening to some of the songs. And you perform when you were here. You also perform some of the songs. So uh, one song that keeps you know, I'm one of my favorites is Who's Who Stopped the Rain. So you know. <laughs> Can you tell me about uh, that song? You know, I, I didn't know that it had been successful in, in the Philippines. Um, that was, well, it was originally released in 1983 or 84, and our record company didn't tell us that it was had been successful. Um, it was, you know, it's a kind of the theme. I think is another when I talked earlier on about how to try and do something that that's not been done before, but it's how impossible that is sometimes, but at least try and give the lyric a, a kind of twist of some kind. So it is a love song, but it's not just your conventional, I love you, you love me. It's more of a kind of like a torch song almost. It's more like, you know, it's only you and me against the world. And, you know, if we trust each other, then things will be okay. A bit like that. Um, and I hadn't sang it since 1984. The, the first time I sang it publicly was when you were there at the, at Manila, at uh, Okada. So I rehearsed it the day before with the boys in the band, and then uh, I sang it for the first time, and I really enjoyed it. I forgot how much I enjoyed singing it, because it's, it's different. Um, you're making me think, though, you know, about those, because that's a long time ago now, and I, I think it was just a twist on a love song, I really, I thought that, I think that's really kind of where that came from, yeah. Right. So from H2O, I, I know that you, you had another project as well with, with uh, Derek Forbes as well. I think you, you did a... Tell me about that one. That, that's an unusual one. That was Four Good Men. So it was it was Derek um, Forbes and from Simple Minds, uh, Mick McNeil, who was also in Simple Minds, and Bruce... My gosh. Bruce Watson, right? Bruce Watson, thank you. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Bruce. If you watch this, Bruce, I'm sorry. It's early in the morning. Um, so Bruce <laughs> Watson on guitar and uh, a guy called Smiley who played drums with Robbie Williams. Uh, a, a, friend, a mutual friend of ours kind of suggested the idea of maybe just kind of meeting up and having a chat. And uh, after we did that, we thought this is a this is a good idea. Why don't we just kind of do the hits? You know, we'll do the simple mindset. We'll do the the big country hits and do a couple of uh, successful records from H two O. So we rehearsed and then we started doing gigs and we, and we did gigs on and off for about five years, um, and they were great fun. We would do really really big concerts um, and we went to Canada and America, um, and we. We supported uh, the Pretenders in New Jersey. Lots of great things, lots of great times. Um, and that lasted for about four or five years. And then we all kind of lost interest and it was time to do something different. But there were good days, happy days. I'm glad we did it. Right. So so during your H2O, H2O career, 
did you actually travel to the Asia? Did you came in the Philippines? No, no, because no. we didn't know. We didn't know. I reckon coming didn't tell us there was anything going on here, uh, over there. Um, I'm sure we would have, we would have travelled, you know, if we'd have known. Um, in fact, Jesse, the the Jesse Gonzalez, uh, Com who uh, who's the promoter of the gigs yeah. in the Philippines, um. It was only when I got to the Philippines and I had a chat with him that I, I, I began to understand where things fitted. You know, I, I, he told me about the radio station that played 80s music in the early 80s um, and how our album was featured. And a lot of people heard I Fought the Law as well. And then Blue Diamond after that too. And mm. I didn't know any of that. I, I would love to, be, you know, things happen when they happen, you know, and you've just got to deal with that, you know, in life, everybody. But I'm, I'm kind of happy that, it was this year that I went, you know, because it felt really good, you know, that there was a history and it was a kind of shared history between, you know, even you when we talked at the gig and the, we talked about records and um, and then understand the how valuable vinyl is for people. People, it's important, you know, it's a big thing in in, in the Philippines about getting the original copies and all that kind of stuff. I didn't, I didn't understand any of that. Mm. Um, so when you're sitting down, you're talking to music lovers, record lovers, you know, and that's a unique kind of conversation. Um, so I'm glad I went when I did. Uh, and it looks like maybe I'll be coming back again year after next. And I'm looking forward to that as well. Fantastic time. Right. So, so yeah, let's talk about how did the Philippine show actually happen? How did you get connected with all this? You know, so again, it's, it's you know, it's, I don't believe in coincidences, Chana. I, I, I think what you have to do is you have to be switched on to life to recognise when things are happening to you. Because right. I think a lot of people walk through life blindly and things happen to them and they don't they don't notice for whatever reason or they don't care to notice. But um, I, I've been talking to someone else online and, uh, and then Jesse joined the conversation and he, he introduced himself and he said, I'm the promoter over here and would you like to come over? That was maybe about two years ago, two and a half years ago. And I said yes, but I wasn't sure if something like that was going to happen. It just sounded like too far out, especially when COVID was happening. You're thinking, you know, right. what is when is the world going to get back to any sort of normality? Um, but Jesse kept in contact and he said, I'd like to come over here and maybe do some remixes of the songs that were successful here. And then introduced me to some, you know, uh, a couple of young DJs, um, and slowly things began to take shape. Uh, and then we talked, we talked more about the vinyl, and then we sent photographs, and it just kind of gradually came together. And then before I knew it, boom! He said, "There's your, your air ticket. Come on over." And it was like that. It was a slow process, um, and and then suddenly I was in the Philippines, and it was it was a dream come true. It really was because I loved, uh, you know, the, there's. Uh, I mean this when I say this, Chana, you know, but I just love the people. You know, I just, you, all, all the people I met are, are, were really warm towards me. And I just thought, this is amazing. There's obviously some bad guys out there. You know, I never met any of them. That's the only thing. So <laughs> as, far as, I, as, far as, as far as I'm concerned, you're all good guys and good women, you know. But it was, you know, it I was beginning to wonder why the 80s is so big. And then I, I, I kind of asked, I think it's important, I'd like to establish this one, China, because I'm thinking, why are the 80s so big? Why is nobody talking about the 60s or the 70s in the same way that they talk about the 80s? I thought there's got to be a reason for that. So I spoke to um, Jesse's daughter, um, Camille, and she told me that there was a, a, a regime in the 60s and the 70s that things weren't free, you know, there was a lot of a, a lot of repression, all that kind of stuff. And she said that basically when the 80s happened, the kind of doors opened to the West. And then that's when people, that was the first time that people really got a hold of music. Because I did think it was unusual, you know, because everybody's going like that, new way forever, new way forever. And I was wondering what it was all about. Um, and that was a kind of interesting story about your own country, you know, but about how music that we talked about earlier on, about how music really affects people. And I think it just, it was a lifeline, it seems like, you know, that just a door to another world, you know, like just the same as when I was a kid, when I discovered David Bowie, it was a whole new thing. But only it was, everybody was growing up at the time. You know, that was the only difference, I believe. But, um, and I just can't see that feeling going away. When I, when I met 
everybody, the other guys in the bands and Jen and Pearl and, you know, uh, Paige, all those people. It's just genuine love for the music. You know, it's right. just, it was great. It was great for my soul. Mm -hmm. right. <clears throat> actually, Ian, I, I'm also actually not from the Philippines. I'm actually originally from Sri Lanka. Uh, oh, I it. Okay. Right. So the reason I stayed is actually, as you said, the people, because I fell in love with the people. So I, I've been here for 16, 17 years now. So, wow. so I met so my it's wife. A genuine... Yeah, it's, uh -huh. it's, it's, it's the people, actually. I really love the, how the people are, you know, so there's, there's, uh, there's qualities that I can really describe in words, but, you know, they're so warm, friendly. And and they and they really love music and you know that's that's one thing that that's why I even decided to stay here. <laughs> okay, you know that that just confirms what I was thinking. I'm thinking have I got some sort of romanticized view of people because it's you know I'm over making music, but you've just confirmed that that's the case. So it's, if that happened for you and it happened for me, two different people years apart, there's something in that then. So that's good to know. Yeah. Mm. So how how was your trip to? I know you also try, you performed also did a gig in Boracay as well. You did some vacation. How is that experience? That that was again that was different. But that's all about people again. I, I met uh, met different I met different people in Boracay, and the bar is called Niggy Niggy, and they've got a great house band. Um, and I don't normally drink Jana, but. The pina coladas were particularly delicious, okay? That's all I'm saying, okay? It just tasted like, you know, ah, lovely. You know, you're looking out and you're seeing this, the sea and the sand, which is not Glasgow at all, you know? So you can see the sea, the sand, and the sun, and you're thinking, yeah, I'll have one of those, two of those, three of those, four of those. And before I knew it, I was on the stage with a mic in my hand, and the, the band are saying, would you want to sing? And uh, I, I just thought quickly... Um, it's a song I hadn't sang for about 30 years, and that was My Girl by uh, The Temptations. And and it was a great experience. It was a different experience from, from Okada because the people people were right up against you. You know, you're, you're, there's nowhere to hide. You know, you just got to kind of do what you have to do. And it was a unique kind of experience as well. Um, and I really enjoyed that. Um, and I enjoyed the island. Um, I remember sitting... Uh, with Arnold, who who was basically our tour manager, we're sitting on the beach. It was early in the morning, and this young boy comes past, maybe about five or six, maybe seven, and Arnold and the boy spoke to each other. And then about five minutes later, he brings two coconuts, and he we, he's cut them open. He's put a straw in, but he's actually climbed up the tree, cut them out <laughs> the tree, and brought them. And I thought, how enterprising is that? And it just, you know, it was idyllic. It was just. Nothing I'd ever experienced before. That's a different kind of. It was just another brilliant memory on a, among a lot of different memories. You know, a lot of brilliant memories. So I really enjoyed it. It was great. Yeah. Also, also the Okada Okada concert. Like you know, I I go to so many concerts, so many shows, but the Okada experience is is really I I I get sense of a freedom when I go to that gig, especially the gigs yeah. that Jesse organized. Because yeah. you know you don't feel like you're in a like you know formal concert, right? So you're just you know everybody's dancing in front, and you know it's like so much fun. <laughs> you know that I, I think that you're I think that you're right. It was just it was a kind of it was kind of perfect in a lot of ways. I think I think you're absolutely right. It was uh, no restrictions. There was no stewards. You know, no bouncers saying sit down. You can't do this. You can't do that. It was just. It was a kind of perfect union between band and audience, you know, if you want to put it that way. Um, and also the 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 bands that were the the local bands that were on, I got to know some of those people as well, and they were in the audience. And it was just a kind of beautiful moment, you know. It really was. I really enjoyed it. It was it, the gig was like that for me. I thought right. we've just done we've just done ten songs. I'd like to do them all again, but we couldn't obviously. But I would have I'm glad I would have started again if they allowed me and just done them all <laughs> over again. <laughs> so, so, so you you performed along with uh, Dave Jackson from the Room, and then also Farrington uh, and Man, which is uh, what is that? When in Rome. I, I when in Rome. So, yeah. have you come across those guys before that gig? No, I'd, I'd, I'd heard of The Room and I'd heard of uh, When in Rome, but 
that was all. They, they were just kind of names from the past. And it was kind of unusual because we were all really different from each other. You know, like the music that, that Dave makes, nothing like what I made and, and make. And the same with uh, the guys from When in Rome. But, you know, you've got a camaraderie. You've got a kind of a common, you know, uh, there's a kind of common denominator between us all. We made music in the 80s. Um, but that was only that was the only uh, similarity, though, because we're really different as people as well. And because we're, we were with each other all the time, it was kind of interesting getting to know somebody that you might not have met otherwise, apart from music. Um, and they were interesting characters. Um, and I liked their music. I'm now, I'm, I now like their music. I hadn't really heard much of them before. So I've now been on YouTube and and Spotify listening to what they what they did and and because you know the person you've met them it, it kinda, it's kind of a little bit unique about so you're listening to it with different ears you're listening to because you know that person you know you know their music so made some friends you know you, you don't make you know what it's like Chana you don't make so many friends as you get older you know not not the friends that you had when you were kids you know those kind of long lasting friendships but um, and you meet loads of people um, but you don't always you don't always f become friends with them, so that was kind of interesting as well. That was that was another adventure. Right. Uh, I mean, uh, people might have an impression that when you say new, new new wave music, it's just like you know, dance pop music. But but there's a, there's so much within when you just just put it as new wave, right? Because there are a lot of stuff that is you know edging punk and you know rock punk and then there's stuff that goes all the way to the electronic music right so everything in between it's it's you cannot just just categorize it as new wave right there's so much in between right yeah you're absolutely right um when you think of the music that was made in the 80s if we don't want just stay there i mean unique i mean you know drowning in berlin you know, I'm in love with a German film star. You know, is Vic there? You know, there's there's so many. I, I think that a lot of the records made then were, were art. You know, I don't want to get too kind of, but but they were art. You know, that there was, and lyrically, I mean, lyrically, you wouldn't get away with things. The things they wouldn't go on the radio nowadays. I mean, certainly daytime radio wouldn't entertain some of the records were made back then. They were just too unusual. You had Bauhaus, you know, you had all sorts of stuff going on. Susie and the Banshees very early. Um, and they're unique. I think that, especially maybe 1979, 1980, going into about 83, 84, 85, just that, that four or five, six years of records, unique. You know, that will never be repeated again. Different colours, all when you, it's quite a clumsy term, new wave. I, I agree with you. I don't know what else you would refer to. It's now become part of history and culture, so it's going to be new wave. But you're right, it's, uh, and you can see that those new bands that that, that played with us at Okada, you know, um, you could see the influences they had, and they were from the 80s, but they'd also given it their own spin. Mm. And I don't think, you know, I don't want to sound like an old guy when I say modern pop music's rubbish. I don't mean that the way exactly the way it sounds, but some of it is really shallow and you know, but then again, it's not been made for me. You know, it's been right. made for young people, for other people. But I, there's I think you have to dig deep to find things that are interesting nowadays. There are things out there. Um, but I think that you have to dig deep. Um, but the you know, we really were trying to we really were lucky, you know. There's my daughter is right, you know, there was some amazing music then and Every day was a surprise. You know, you didn't know what, you, no two bands sounded the same, so you weren't sure what they were going to do. And you got all these amazing colours and voices. The voices were unique as well, you know. Nowadays, you've got a certain kind of voice that, that makes records. You know, there's a kind of, there's a girl-type voice and there's a guy-type voice that make records and that they use the same kind of chords. And it's, and it's, uh, it doesn't really do, as I say, it doesn't do, do a lot for me. But um, I think then the popular music was incredible, you know, and I think that stemmed from David Bowie, Brian Ferry, Roxy music. I think you can hear the influence all over those people again, you know, and that's when it really started was the 80s and then you had New Romantics and so on and so on, and it's still happening now. But uh, I don't mind being the age I am, China, because we had all that. <laughs> right. I don't mind. Uh, 
so Ian, talking about your solo uh, music, the so- songs you write. So uh, I noticed this. Now you you talk about David Bowie earlier, but even before when I when I was looking at even the titles of the album and the songs, I I I felt there was some sort of a cosmic influence of like you know Bowie there. Like your album, you have album called From Stars We Come, and yes, then your yes. new your new single is Alchemy of Us. So it's like can you dis- explain to me that and also let's talk about this new song alchemy of us as you know it's a difficult one i, I the I, I i love david Bowie, as i know as you know um but i never i never tried to copy him as such I, I let the influences become part of me and hoping that maybe i could add something to that and do something with it um but I think pop music can be whatever you want it to be. It can be kind of restricting, or it can be, it can be, it can elevate you. It can take you somewhere else, as we talked about earlier on. And one of the things that he always did was he wrote about wherever he was, however he was at any at any given age. So he didn't pretend he was a teenager when he was thirty, and when he was fifty, and when he was sixty. He sang about what mattered to him then, and that's what I'm trying to do now. Um, I've always tried to do that, I believe, but now, and I don't want to be morbid when I say this, but my, for my life, there's more behind me than there is in front of me. So I'm thinking, what do I think? What do I feel? You know, what has life made me? What has music made me? What has my experiences made me? And I find myself always stretching out of this life, you know, like from stars we came, you know, like we're all we're all stardust, basically, you know, like, and the alchemy of us, you know, the universe is not vast enough, you know, it's just, I think there's so much to as a spiritual beings as well, you know, like, again, whatever you believe, but I think there is a dimension to us that, that, that yearns to be, that we were part of something at one time. And when you, we yearn to be part of that again, like to, to, to become like, almost like you become detached for a while, you become this physical thing. And then you want to go back to that spiritual thing, whichever you believe. And I think that the alchemy of us is, I, I was thinking of, remember, um, uh, what's the baby song? Uh, Wild as the Wind. I thought I thought that that was kind of like really spiritual as well in a, in a strange way. So I wanted to do something a bit like that. It doesn't sound like that, but it's kind of similar thing. So I'm kind of tapping into the otherworldly, you know, you know, there's going to be a song in the album and it's called Rachel Tyrell. Mm. You remember Rachel Tyrell from Blade Runner? She was the... Have you seen Blade Runner? I don't remember now. I, I think I need to watch it again. <laughs> but, 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 but Harris, Harrison Ford, uh, he's yeah. a Blade Runner. Yeah, okay. But he meets Rachel, but Rachel is a, a, is basically a robot, I feel like. She's, she's a, a, and she's being created. Um, and there's a, as a love story. So what was said to you earlier on about it's a love story with a twist again. It's not just like boy meets girl, it's boy meets android, you know. And so I'm always looking for something different. And I think right. that's just because of those early days. And it keeps on coming out and I keep on wanting to think further. But listen, if people just want to take it on a quite like that song level, they can do that as well. But if you want to look a little bit deeper, then I'm hoping there's something else to listen to. Right. So Ian, uh, I actually have a surprise for you. So we have somebody joining this this call. Okay. <laughs> Let's just give a minute for her to join. So I actually shared this song, uh, the song you sent, the new song with Jen. So she she really liked it. I don't mind. Uh, you, you know, and then uh, she she just wanted to join. Let's just just see if she, if she can. Let's do that. Yeah, uh, while she's joining, uh, tell me about this. I know that you also write books, so tell me about yeah. that. Um, the the uh, I published my first my, my first book was published about four or five years ago. And it's called A Rainbow in the Basement, and again, it's about life. You know, it's about it's about a boy who's twelve years old who loses his dad to cancer, so he's got a bone to pick with God. He's angry at God for losing his dad, um, and it's set in the seventies in Glasgow, and it's uh, Matthew Ellis is the name of the character. And he comes back to Glasgow after being away for 25 years. He doesn't know why he's come back. It's just that he has to come back. Um, and he tells his story from a taxi. 
He's in a taxi for four hours before he goes back to America again. And he tells his story about meeting, about losing his dad, about going to live in America, about meeting a really unusual family there, and about all the questions that you come on of age happens. Um, and there's a supernatural element to it as well. He meets a really unusual family. Um, and yet a lot of serious life questions he, he addresses, but he addresses them with the help of someone else. Um, and it's about wishes, and it's about love, and it's about loss, and it's about, is magic real? And if magic is real, how does it affect us? There's a lot going on. Right. <clears throat> Jen, Jen uh, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Uh, we cannot see you. Uh, you... I don't know how to do this. <laughs> For a moment. It's only uh, All I can say is Jay. Just... Uh, uh, here it is. Okay. Okay, got it, got it. Hello. <laughs> Hi. Yay. Hello there. Hello, Jen. How are you? Hi, Ian. Hi, Jen. It's nice to see you again. You, you too. Look at right. you. Look at you. Oh, no. I'm not... right. She's going again. Uh, Jen, I want to ask you. So, Jen, uh, when did, do you remember when you first hear H2O song? I remember it when I was uh, in high school and I used to go to the parties. So, they're playing, um, they're playing the music. The song will stop the rain. <laughs> right. Way back in high school, I used to have lots of memories of that song. You know, I really, really love it. And the lyrics, of course, I have it right now. <laughs> Thank you, Ian. I said you them, yeah. I am uh, so lucky. Right. Jen, Jen, what's your experience, you know, seeing Ian perform live, you know, in Okada? Oh, my God. I can't believe it. You know, a dream come true. Like, is this really Ian? I'm in heaven. You know, I, I used to hear, I, I can't believe really. I used to hear him on radio and on vinyl. And now it's for real. I said, oh my God, wow. <laughs> it is so, wow, I'm gonna die. <laughs> so, I think we were talking about oh, this earlier, Ian, Ian. You were talking about the fans, you know, in Manila, and then Jen. I, 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 I. Jen is one of the, you know, most genuine fans I've seen in Manila. I agree. Yeah. I totally agree. I totally agree. I really agree. love H two O music, and I love really Ian Donaldson. Thank we you, love Jen. You here in the Philippines. I love you too, and I love everybody that I met. Really, it was an amazing experience, and I want to come back as soon as. Right, Jen, you have you have. What's your message to Ian? Well, my, my message to him is uh, keep on um, I keep on writing a uh, great music, and um, hope um we'll get the 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 CD. Are you going to put that on CD? That your latest song. No, Jen, it will be available for download. I'm making a video for it next week, I so people can. Only available on Spotify. And the at the moment, no, no, you be if you wanted to download, you can download it um, as a, a file if you like. But um, I'm making an. I'm going to have a, a vinyl album, and it'll be on oh the vinyl God. album. Yes, I yeah. love that. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I'm, I'm, my plan is to have that out next autumn or next fall, as you might call it. So about a year's time, okay? I'm going to look forward to that vinyl. You know, I always love vinyl. Right. Uh, so Jen, I'm excited. Thanks. I'm excited for that copy. I'm yeah. really excited. I'm always love excited. Love Thank <laughs> so you. Jen, Thank you, Jen. Ian, for the music. No problem. Love it. Thank you. I'm glad you enjoy it. Okay. Thanks. Thanks for joining, Jen. Thank you. Thank you, China. This is my first time and it is so memorable. Right. Thank, Thank you so you. much for this opportunity. Ah, brilliant. Brilliant. Have a great day. Have a great you day, Ian. You too, Jen. See ya. See ya. See you soon. Bye now.
Bye. Bye. China, that says it all. That that's it. Just you know, a music lover, a beautiful person. Just what you know, what's not to like about all of us? You know, that's right. it. So, so Ian, uh, what's your message to the viewers of this video and uh, people who's going to listen to this conversation? Um, I hope you you enjoyed. It. I hope you had some laughs about you know when we were discussing things, and uh, hope you know a little bit more about both you and I. Um, keep just keep loving music, keep loving life. You know, look after each other. Really simple, basic message, you know. But I can't wait to come back again. And as I say, there'll be an album in about a year's time, a vinyl album with all the new songs on it. Um, and just, I'm looking forward to coming back. But there's a lot of living to be done between, you know, now and then. Um, so just keep going, you know. And as I say, you wait forever. Right. So anybody you want to shout out to? The band, the band were terrific. Um, so that'd be Japo and Dax and Levi or Levy and young Mike, uh, who done an amazing job. And I hope they're the same band when I come back again. Uh, but there's also Jen, uh, there's Pearl, there's Paige, there's Gilbert, um, loads, uh, for Jesse as well, Camille, um. Also, millions. I mean, I could go and get another hour, and I'll, I'll just, you know, <laughs> but you know, it's just keep doing it, keep loving each other, keep doing it. Right. So, uh, if anybody wants to, you know, get get in contact with you, or you know, uh, what's the best way? What's the social media? The the best thing to do is uh, for me, uh, you know, a lot of people use different social medias, but I think that Facebook's still the best one because people can just message or post. I, I don't exclude anyone's posts. You know, if anybody's silly, then I would take it back down again. But I leave it open, you know, because it's about a conversation. A lot of people don't allow other posts, but I think that's just a waste of time. I think you're that's a, you know a missed opportunity to speak to somebody. So anybody wants to get in contact with me, get me through Facebook. I, I tend to get most back to most people eventually. We can't do it all in one day, so just be patient with me. But I'll definitely contact you again, and uh, I'll put up the new video um, and about. Now. about a week's time for the alchemy of us and just keep on you know pop in you know say hello right <clears throat> so yeah i i also have the same as jen said like you know listening to your songs and then seeing you live perform and now i'm talking to you like one-on-one -on -one. so it's it's uh it's kind of you know very fascinating for me very and i i really appreciate that you were so down to earth to talk to me and you know the way we no interacted uh, and then you you have my you know vinyl side i remember i remember <laughs> <laughs> and i also have your set set list from that show as well oh you got it okay yes. so uh looking forward to you know your new songs and your album and hopefully your return back to the philippines uh so all the best with your plans uh, have a Thank great you. day ahead look after yourself china loved speaking to you okay lovely speaking with you Thank you, New Way Forever. <laughs> Always. <laughs> Thank you.